You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. I mean, the countdown is getting closer to this, uh, you know, bringing season one uh, to a, a completion. And, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, for everyone that's been on the journey since November, right? We've gone through all the market highs and lows, uh, you know, minted projects of all shapes and sizes, really focusing on, you know, unique utility, unique value, uh, unique art. Um, and, you know, even, you know, one of the, the projects we minted, uh, last couple of days, you know, the, you know, the unique idea of bringing things to life quickly and, and all the different variables that are out there. And I can tell you, you know, our lineup of guests uh, over the past couple of weeks, and I, I will just give you a little preview over the next couple of weeks, uh, is a lot of the who's who's with uh, our who are building right now, who are uh, surviving this bear market and, and, and I would argue thriving in the bear market. And I think there's a lot of great lessons there. And uh, we have Gabe from Stoics that's going to join us today on the podcast, who's been uh, doing some great things over the last, uh, well, been a lot great things for a good while, but uh, making a huge splash over these last 30 days or so. And we're going to get into that uh, before we do so, we've, of course, got to give a shout out to our sponsor, Crypto Business Conference. We're getting closer to heading out to San Diego. It is October 9th to the 11th in beautiful San Diego. It'll be at the San Diego Convention Center. It is a one-track uh, NFT conference, which is kind of a beautiful thing. You don't have to pick and choose. We all get to consume uh, the same content uh, and then get to network and build. I'll talk a little bit more about that podcast or about that event and uh, what you guys can do to, even if you can't join us in beautiful San Diego, what we can make happen for you. Um, but yeah, definitely listen to that at the end uh, of the podcast. And, you know, with that being said, I'm going to jump right in and bring in our guest, uh, Gabe, uh, who I, I guess we could just say, I, I, I want to call you like Gabe Stoics, which might be like, you know, we're just going to rename the last name side. Um, Gabe, who is uh, uh, the founder of, of multiple projects, which we'll get into that, but the the Stoics kind of, uh, I, I would say, made a splash multiple times uh, in the NFT space, but in, in our alpha group circle, uh, it was probably the most anticipated reveal uh, of a collection that we've uh, kind of jumped into in the last, I mean, probably since since many of us jumped into Goblin Town uh, originally. And uh, excited to have you on the show, Gabe. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. And, uh, you know, tell, tell the audience a little bit about you, and then we'll get to some of the questions we have. Thank you, Fanzo. Super happy to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm Bay Area artist. I do cubism been doing nfts for about a year and a half came in luckily a little like a few weeks before people sold his piece for 69 million so um gotta like seem like an og on clubhouse even though i was like maybe a month in before like the huge influx of people came in i was like oh i've been here i know what i'm doing even though uh was very, very new. Uh, didn't know a ton about crypto getting in and then just have jumped all in and appreciate you talking about the Stoics. Yeah, it's been kind of a crazy start and I 
kind of I think the cool thing about what we're doing is it like it slowly, slowly unveils itself versus I think sometimes it's like the huge splash and then there's nowhere to go but down from there. <laughs> Whereas I think we're kind of had the worst start you can have and then have only gone up from there. Well, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, the start and um, even some of the creativity. I, I, I've uh, We had, you know, actually a good friend of yours, uh, Sabat on. And I said, like, I feel like he's one of the most innovative Artist, artists and marketers are bringing some like cool collaborations to life. You know, he works on, you know, just the way he thinks he does things. And I also would just give you credit on, I love the approach of, of, you know, kind of leaning on the community and letting the community make some decisions. Uh, I actually did a whole podcast episode uh, last week on your, you know, decision to, you know, put it out there and say, Hey, do we want, you know, reveal with metadata or do we want, uh, you know, just to reward, uh, you know, the pure artist side. And I, I'm not sure if I want to thank you for that because, I believe my day, I was speaking at an event and before I got on stage, the three hours leading up was not prep at all for me speaking at an event. I literally was sitting with Allison on, on my team and we were going through the entire collection of art and like, you know, okay, this is what I have. And, and, uh, and it was a heck of a lot of fun, but um, you met also, you, you sold out another collection. You were on Avalanche. Uh, you brought up, you know, cubism. You brought up the fact that you kind of jumped in on, on clubhouse, which many of us did and, and the people side, you know, from from that year and a half, you know, being in the space from then until Stoics, how has this space been for you as an artist and like as a collaborator? Was it kind of like an instant, you know, fit for your you know work style, your uh, approach? How did, how has that been? You know, kind of leading up into the last couple months and and the things that you've dropped. I mean, it, I'm not trying to be cocky, but it feels like the perfect somehow NFTs are like the perfect like culmination of all my skill sets and then when you threw on clubhouse where like i'm not a very good writer so i much prefer speaking and so that was great then you have like kind of i mean i was a community organizer the last 20 years community political organizer so i feel like networking and meeting people and then finding ways to kind of add value to their life so that they'll kind of add value to mine i mean like Sabet's a great example. Like he was so much ahead of the curve on on me as far as marketing, as far as making it as an artist. And I just like we got along well. And then he was stuck with me. And we were talking at like three, four in the morning every night after like these twelve hour clubhouse sessions. Like there just aren't too many people that kind of have that drive and willingness to share. But everyone that did, I was like a sponge for it. Um, and I used to be like a professional poker player. I ran big campaigns in California. So like it, the collaborations and all the stuff I'm doing with Stoics plus my art, it really does feel like this like culmination of all the skill sets kind of perfectly aligning into this thing that like I didn't know existed even in January of last year. Like I learned, I think like February 10th or 12th when Micah Johnson sold something for 1.3 million. And I was like, baseball players selling art for 1.3 million. Like I got to get in. I love that. I, I remember, you know, and I, I mean, I've started to talk about this on the podcast a lot, but you know, I, I knew about NFTs. I understood smart contracts, but I was the one that literally was in the clubhouse room and tweeted out the screenshot 
Uh, and what my tweet was, look at these idiots bragging about their $500 monkey photos. Uh, yeah, that I, I've, I've eaten my, uh, my crow on that tweet uh, <laughs> more times than I could say. But, you know, uh, we had Zeneca on the podcast. Um, Zeneca being a, a, a previous poker player, uh, I spent a couple of years as a full-time uh, professional poker player as well, 2010, 2013. Uh, so we have that, we have that uh, synergy. I actually wrote for all Same of the exact time and, uh, too, roughly. Oh really? Wow. How about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like the we we got the the money maker kind of brought us into it, right? I think for for many of us, which is funny because I, I we talked about Zeneca with this a little bit too, because so many synergies and like those early days of online poker was like last year of NFTs, right? Like you could like you could sneeze and 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 mint out an NFT project last year, and those early days of po uh, of poker playing. I mean, I would joke like I would you know be multi tabling. And the whatever table I played the least amount of time on, I would still cash, right? It was like it was the it was such a, a fun, you know, days uh, you know, back in those times. Um anyway, and, and you know, I think the one of the things you also mentioned, right? Like there was a a time in this space that there were the the you know, the crypto bros, the the flippers, the you know, and hey, and they made part of this space a hell of a lot of fun. But I look at like people that are here now they're looking at like, how do I survive this? Right. And I think poker gives us a lot, a lot of advantages on, you know, like, you know, understanding the highs and lows of money, understanding, like you have to roll with some like things that are, you know, just some bad luck, even though you do everything right. Right. Like, you can get your, you know, your, uh, you know, your, your, your set cracked, uh, you know, pretty easily. Um, you know, even though you're, you're making those decisions. Right. I, I will say, I wanted to kind of bring this a little bit full circle on that, you know, jumping in and some of the things you said, you know, I will just say the moment that I really was like, your biggest fan was actually the Instagram video of you like on your back po porch after the project sells out and you like pop the, is a champagne, right? You think you popped, you popped the champagne and it was like pure, like I just felt like pure happiness and joy and like relief on you. Like, and, and, and it, and it was in that moment, like those are the people I want to back. Those are the people I want, I want to go to bat for. And so talk to us a little bit about, you said, you mentioned, um, you know, it was a rough start with Stoics, right? Give us a little bit of that context because I think for those that are listening, we have a lot of people, we talk about slow burn projects that take a long while to mint out. You had a, a project on Avalanche that you were mentioning that sold out in like 30 seconds. Uh, Stoics, you know, as it started to, you know, uh, I would say as it, it caught steam, the floor price, you know, was just going straight up. You know, it felt like I would wake up and it was doubling. So you've had some of that success, but it wasn't uh, a, an instant or an easy uh, mint out or rollout. Give us a little bit of that context. Yeah, so we first day, it I mean, super coordinated. I've talked to a couple other projects that have it. There's definitely some group out there that like is putting a ton of resources behind it. They had bots, they had fake OpenSea, like 10 or 12 fake OpenSea accounts, like ready to go. They had fake Twitter accounts. They had people that like had just done it the previous, but were just coming and fudding our Discord. When it was like, my Discord is the happiest place in NFTs. It's like stoics. It's like people that care about mental health have been had the highs and lows. So I just knew that these weren't anybody that had been around this project or me for a year and a half. But it was very coordinated. Um, we made a little mistake when with OpenSea now, you can mint, you have to get to get royalties, you have to mint something first. And because the dev did it for free, they were able to get the keys to it and then mint out, they spun up like 5,000 wallets and minted out the collection while only letting like 20, I 
think 21 people were able to mint before mm. the bots got every single one. And so we had to like, there's an open C account, like do not buy the Stoics by Gabe Weiss. And it's just like, it's going to have like a middle finger of me on there or something like that. But like, I mean, it's, yeah, so that happened. And then they were hitting us so hard the next day, continually hitting all of our servers, had to move it, had three backup servers. I, you know, people had looked at the contract. They just weren't expecting the one, like the contract was fine minus this one little part that made it so that it was the worst. I mean, like, which is, which is what solidity is. But yeah. I think, you know, we, that day, I mean, I luckily have a lot of dev friends and I called every single one of them like, hey, you're going to look at this, please, please, please. And they were all very kind about it. But I think we had 10 or 12 people that are all high-end devs make sure it's like, I, okay, we messed up once. Like, I've got really incredible, like, collectors. I think we can, we're going to get past this, but it can't happen again. <laughs> and we're getting attacked the next day and we're supposed to mint at 7 a.m pacific time and it took like till 8 30 for us to like know that it wasn't gonna there wasn't gonna be any mess up so it's like on top of it already being a day late then it's an hour and a half late and you know part of me is like oh we're done and then part of me just knew i'd put in the legwork um the f i think we had like 5,800 or 6,000 roughly NFTs that could have sold on our first mint day. So we were allowing holders to mint two for any one of my NFTs that they had. Plus like some of our collaborators also got kind of that preferential first day. But we minted 4,300 of a possible, I think 5,800, which yeah. is to say like my collectors pretty much all max minted because I had made them I'd made them good ETH for a year and a half. Plus most of them I've met in person, drawn a one of one. I mean, three or 400 of them came from one of ones that I drew for people at events. That's how they got on the allow list. So I think, I mean, I think the lesson for other artists is you have to have the relationships because you can't control everything in this. Like I had no control over the little mistake we had on the mint out, but like what I had was a lot of people who knew I wasn't full of shit and like, wasn't going to let this be the thing that stopped us. Well, and I, you know, and I, it's a lesson for everyone, right? Because, you know, I, I worked in cybersecurity for a decade. And the thing I always said in the cybersecurity side of the house is like, it's not if it's when, right? <clears throat> and the, the beauty of it is most brands, most people ask for forgiveness and help without ever giving first. Right. And it's like, you know, and most people are like, wait, you didn't care about me before, you know, screw off. I don't, I don't care. But if you've cared and you've given, and I remember your tweets when that happened, you know, that day and following you and, and you were, you, you know, owned it and honest. And for anyone that wants to like know how that looks, look at all the replies, the support, the quote retweets, like celebrating you, you know, saying, Hey, stick with, I mean, like the amount of people that were coming to bat for you. Right. And that is because of the work you put in. I think that is such a strong lesson because when you do make the mistake and you've already put in the work, oftentimes you don't even have to defend yourself, right? Like the, the community, your collectors, your fans. Uh, and I will say like in our, uh, circle on the, uh, there was like this, like this feeling of like a couple chats that I were like, 
I hope this turns off some people so we can buy in more, right? Like there was like this little bit of like, like I want to get in with more uh, of the Stoics. And I, and I'll say like, you know, from the mint, you know, even the secondary, I picked mine up uh, off a of secondary, uh, my first one off a of secondary. And then, uh, you know, Drew, our producer has a bunch, uh, you know, Gregarious and Allison, you know, we have a, a team of us that, uh, that picked up a bunch um, as we were kind of going. Um, but, you know, you also mentioned, you know, like your discord and like that love and the, the calculated attacks. And I think it's important for everybody. Like we need to stop retweeting and celebrating these. Like I have one ETH giveaway, retweet this because what pe- we treat and follow us. Cause people don't know they're never giving that give out. They're going to just take that account. They're renaming it and they're having a hundred thousand followers and they're using that to attack, you know, great projects, right? We're seeing the, the bought out campaigns. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that these, you know, calculated attacks are happening. I, it happened yesterday um, on, a, on a collection that I was following that, you know, I, I'm looked at the contract from everything on my side looked pretty clean. And then of course there was, you know, a couple of fake accounts and things that are going out there, but, you know, talk to me a little bit about, you know, so you had that um, and you finally, you know, push it out, you get that initial push, you know, and then you have that like high of, Hey, we, we minted out, you know, and then it was, a, I mean, like, I felt like the, the NFT community was so eager for this reveal and you made some really interesting um, decisions on the reveal, which I thought was genius. Cause I look at like, we need to innovate on the, the normalities that have just become copycat for every project. Talk to me a little bit about, like, what was your thought process after you got the high of uh, the mint out and some of the decisions you made, uh, you know, for, you know, leading up to reveal day? I think it's really hard to keep people's attention in this space. And then we had the merge and we didn't know what that was going to do. OpenSea had, like, I think the lowest, like, week in two years of volume was, like, the week before our reveal. So I was, I luckily, and I think it goes for this whole thing. Like I've, I think I have the trust of my collectors and the Stoics where like all I'm asking for is like, I'm pretty good at this. I've been doing it for a year and a half. I'm a strategist. Like this is my whole career. Like if you think I'm going to mess it up, you're crazy. But it's also like, trust me that, I know we can get more volume, which ultimately helps all the collectors if I can release it kind of post-merge and I won't have to deal with all of that. So first, I mean, we waited almost 13 days, I think, from mint out to reveal, which I know is about as long as I've heard. I think. Uh, Don't worry. We 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 have youths. That is like we're gonna go like a month of that sitting in my bag and still not. So no, you you know you, we, we, there's one right now that minted out before yours. And yeah, still has not given me a damn reveal. So I uh, think that's right, but I also think you see what they're doing and their runway, and I think they've gained the trust of their community, okay. and they've had mess ups and had bad art when they started, and then developed their project and now have a base that just trust them inherently that they're not gonna mess it up, and I think. I've really taken a lot from them is a, is a really good example of kind of what I'm trying to build is like delight people repeatedly come up with innovations that kind of blow their mind, but like, don't reveal too much. Like, I don't, I'm not a big roadmap guy. I kind of think the projects that have really focused so much on roadmap equal pump and dumps because you achieve the thing and people think, but like, especially the ones with like games at the end. It's like, if your game is not something I'll play in five years, like maybe you shouldn't have hit that 
quickly on your roadmap, like wait five years to release your bad game. <laughs> That's what it is. But like, I think like for me, it's like constantly thinking of new ways to innovate is what excites me. So I don't want to say what it is. In some ways, it's like I've got some of the dopest friends in the community, like in the NFT world. I got some of the best artists, musicians, collectors. I have like people that are incredible devs. And my point is, is like I come from community organizing, this like empowerment business. It's like if I can empower people and then but create structure around it, I think that's where the real the real power is and then going so like you're you you mentioned it before but the innovation i really wanted was like i spent so long making all of this art i tried to make it the best art project i've ever seen for a pfp and i don't want like a few rarity sniper bot people to get all the cool ones in the first two minutes and then it's like fun's over But I knew it was also pushing the boundaries of what's happened in this space. So I was like, this is what I want to do. But like, and I think it's cool, but I kind of wanted to hear from the community in in case they were just like, couldn't stand the idea. We would have pivoted. But my thought was, and it kind of exactly how it worked out. So many people were looking. We also did the QR code thing, which like, happened in four or five minutes because people are real clever in this space but in my head was like gonna take like five or six hours of everyone like looking through the entire collection instead we just have some crypto nft wizards amongst their mints so happened quick but yeah I, I love. I mean, we also have a lot of people that are like. I mean, Easter egg. Like, we just love that whole like piece, right? And uh, I will say, like, I you know, I unfortunately, I um, I got hit with a a the uh, ape DAO uh, coin bot uh, three days ago, and they uh, took five of my NFTs on my wallet, including my my Stoic. But I'm in the process of trying to buy it back of the person that stole it and sold it to. Um, but the one that I minted uh, or the one that I revealed, you know, it had um, the the map behind it, right? So it was a Portugal map. And I will just say, I blew that thing up on my iPad and zoomed in. And I, like myself and uh, the two people that were with me, we were literally like writing down some of like the names that were in there. And like, like we were, because like, I'm like, you know what? Like I, I, I went, went through a bunch of your pieces and i love like the music side like i I took a couple screenshots of the music one sent it to my music friend i'm like what song is this or what is the 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 composition behind there so i'm i'm like one of those right like i and i'll I'll give you like you know i love that we're now looking at it's not like you know bashing a pfp project it's reinventing how you know amazing art can also show up as a pfp right like and i think you did that you know masterfully and i also you know like i loved the real reveal without the uh, metadata i loved you know the dialogue in the discord of like what were some of the things that people cared about and like it was a lot of, you know a lot of speculation a lot of fun um and i think that's you know really you know kudos to you I- i'm curious you know you, you mentioned being a you know someone that's an empower you know building community around empowerment um as you know you've been doing that for many years you know i think in the web3 space people struggle with that. I think there's an element of like, we talk about building trust. We talk about, you know, um, caring about each other, but like that idea of like empowerment, how would you say like, or what are some of the things that people can, can think about in their, you know, building of their community or even the relationships that they're building um, to really empower people to feel like they're a part of something. Cause I will say like on reveal day, 
we were all celebrating as if it was our, <laughs> if it was, it was our project. And that's because of, you know, what you kind of build around that. Give us a little bit of like some ideas or things that people can think about when it comes to empowerment. I think it's about speaking with integrity at all times, lifting people up at, at all times. So you're not like shilling, but you're really kind of seen as part of the community versus just like trying to use the community for your like liquidity exit. Um, I think it's kind of setting up framework. So like, I don't know, I've spoken the same way for the year and a half I've been here and the framework constantly, whether no matter what I'm doing is like, I know for a fact, like I had zero art connections prior to NFTs. Like, Wow. The amount of stuff that I know now in a year and a half, the amount of connections I have is unbelievable. Like it's hard to describe the level up I had. And that was all from clubhouse, Twitter spaces and showing up to every NFT event that I saw like on a calendar. And so my premise is just like, I, I, you can't say it's not possible because I li- literally am living proof that you can start from practice. I mean, I had 50,000 Instagram followers, so zero isn't nothing, but like I've had almost no sales from Instagram. So like maybe it gave me a little street cred when I got onto clubhouse at first, but like generally it wasn't like I'm talking to gallery owners or uh, anybody. So like the empowerment comes, I think from my own story, which is you can really start from not knowing very many people to like, if you find the right communities and that's what I'm just trying, I'm trying to do an intentionally kind of curated community of the best people I can personally find in the NFT community. And then just like have them kind of share their knowledge. Cause I think that the Zeneca three 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 club. There's like crypto package goods CPG. Oh, yeah, CPG. By Chris, we, Chris we had Mike, we had Mikey the CEO on the podcast. I'm a I'm a CPG holder as well, so big fan I, of that. that to me, like that's the genius really of NFTs. Admit one, like yep. it's like, are you actually getting alpha? Are you actually dealing with people who, if you put a question out, are going to give you a thoughtful response that might be consulting that would cost you a hundred thousand dollars and instead it's just some quick little discord comment that like blows your mind you know and i'm like i want to the next component and rollout of the stoics is finding little subgroups there's like the one with the smoke for example Mm -hmm. like i'm trying been talking to a lot of friends in the cannabis industry about turning that into a cannabis alpha group where it's like the top people with an NFT cannabis use that NFT to kind of form their alpha group and kind of in a very CPG sort of way. Um, And so to me, like the other value besides art or perks or whatever, I really think is just getting yourself in these groups of very kind of connected, smart people. So yeah, that's, the next, as this, as this like really takes shape right now, we're, I just wanted the first month to be art is beautiful. See what you like, yep. kind of join the community you want. And then the next part is like me bringing kind of all my leader friends to kind of try to take some leadership roles, find the best people who have been active the first month and make sure they're 
empowered and they understand the vision and then it kind of grows from there. I mean, I love that. I mean, I think that's, I mean, there's so many great points there. You know, I think surrounding yourself with just great people. Right. And I think it's easy to say that. I think it's, it takes a hell of a lot more work to do that. Right. Showing up at the events, you know, being you know accessible, right. It's different between, you know, showing up and sitting in the corner with the three people you came with versus, you know, I, I mean, anyone that looks at anyone's feeds, right. Like I, I laugh that I'm like, I can see who's taking pictures and hanging out with people versus who just like lets you know that they're at the event, but you never like see them with anybody. You're like, okay, I, I you know, making, the, make, <laughs> making those marks. Uh, also something you said that I wanted to, to double down on that, you know, I remember your Twitter space after, you know, or I think it was during the reveal or as the reveal was happening, you know, a lot of people are looking for alpha. A lot of people are looking for roadmaps, but what they're really looking for is like, give me a reason to continue to care, right? Like that's really what people, and you did that without, putting yourself like with a date or giving alpha. And I think that was such an art where you're like, Hey guys, there are things that are in there. And, and, and I mean, I think it was like five questions in a row that you got where they were, people were trying to say something, but they were all asking the same thing was like, uh, you know, do I need, should I get an owl or, or is this important or this part? And you were, you owned like, hold on, like let's let the art develop. There are things that are out there. So like, I think that is such a, a tough balance for people because we, we mentioned Utes and, and I, I've given Frank uh, a lot of credit because the man got attacked and he put his foot in his mouth uh, and put some dates out there. And like, um, but then whenever he couldn't, you know, deliver on those, he kind of learned publicly, unfortunately, the, the lesson of like, Hey, if like, we would rather you do it right than you to put out like another, you know, Hey, we had some issues here. And I think now he's doing it really well. Like, I mean, I mean anyone that would look at, I think we're going to reverse engineer and look back at what, you know, D gods and Frank and, and the youths team has done over the last month and realize it was a, it was, it's beautiful to watch people like kind of learn what they can do or they can't do. I feel like you were, you were a staple of that and, and they were pressing you hard on that, on that piece. And so uh, I'm excited to see where this kind of goes from there. I do have a thought, like you mentioned collaborations and one of one, how are you handling that now? I'm sure, you know, the, the amount of people that want to collaborate and want to bring you in are uh, out the door, you know, there's some, you know, some, especially one of one, you had Brian Brinkman on uh, the podcast and, you know, that was one of his struggles was like so many opportunities yet. Like, how do I give them enough love, but also, you know, give enough people love. How are you looking at like kind of collaborations, you know, moving forward? ROI one, obviously anyone says otherwise, I think is not being accurate. I think the other one is culture. Like who am I lifting up? Who am I collaborating with? I think there needs to be a lot more focus on women, women of color in this space. I think I've collaborated kind of with some of the, probably the most women, like incredible artists in the space, like for my position. But I mean, that, that always has a big factor in kind of what am I doing? Is it someone who I think can help the NFT culture? Um, kind of get out of the just bro bro culture that that exists and so um that's a big you know that's a big factor um but it's yeah it's in, it's insane i mean the alpha the cool i think the coolest part ultimately of of what i'm building here at the stoics is that 37% of the collection the quote unquote commons are called caterpillars and these can all change to 101s and so, like, it won't be, like, just easy. It's going to be, like, you need to own an egg and one. And, I mean, 
it'll be combos that help the co that always help the collection. So if we're looking at certain floor prices are low, then we're going to say it's the aliens plus this plus the, you know, like it, it's a hundred percent up to us as a community. So I'm going to do it in the ways that, you know, help the overarching stoics the most, but a lot of these folks are going to get one of ones in the collection as I bring on new artists. Like the part of the magic of this is like projects are going to be able to come in. Maybe you have a new PFP and it's one I really love. You buy an egg plus uh, a caterpillar. And now I make a derivative of it that actually goes into the collection versus a derivative on the outside. It's mm -hmm. like, there's an actual, maybe there's an NFT 365, like go. NFT in the Stoics. And it works as kind of like, these are the people in it for the long haul. These are people that somehow just did 322 straight days of NFTs. Like those are the Stoics in my opinion. So it's like, I want to celebrate the people that are here for the long haul, don't have that pump and dump mentality and kind of know, and you said from poker, it's like the highs and lows, like all you can do, you have no control over like 99% of this market. You can, can just control how you show up every day and how you react to some bad beats, whether it's crypto dumping or NFT floors or whatever it is. It's like, I, I mean, the, the big thing that I still my profile, like pin tweet on, on Twitter is just like, I choose happiness. Like, it's like well, that I, day where I could have just cried and like hung out in my closet, like moaning. And it's just like, look, I just had two hours of people telling me they love me still. Like, it's like, if, if even if this doesn't happen, I've made so much money this last year from NFTs. I still have incredible connections and networks. Like it's just like taking taking that little step back and like like being sad here serves zero purpose in my life. Like I'm gonna choose to be happy and then just try to figure out how the best way I can move forward. I love that. I mean, I, I take great pride that I, I I don't know if there's another podcast in this space that has had more female guests than male guests we have here on this podcast. And I take a, a, a shitload of pride on that. You know, I'm, I'm a girl dad of three little girls and like that, you know, for me, a lot of that, oops, look at that. It's my one forty PM, which is my Adderall alarm just went off. You know, I love, gotta love ADHD. Right. Uh, yeah, right yeah. I, do, I do my, I do my show. I, I went off two days ago when I was recording too, but um. But, you know, you know, I, I love that you brought up, you know, like that part. We, we were sharing our, our love for Manushka uh, pre-show, who's just, I think, one of the, uh, you know, purest heart leaders that we have, um, you know, in this space. Um, I love, you know, you know the, the collaboration and like that unique way of being like, how do I reward the diamond handers, right? Like, and, you know, it does connect back to our poker days. Like we know that like anyone that was in it early and they want to make that a career if they were the people that didn't understand, like I remember people, you know, hitting a million dollars, uh, you know, they would win a, win a tournament and all of a sudden they were only buy, buying in the 10 K buy-ins and they were only doing, you know, hundred, 200, uh, you know, uh, you know, cash games. And I was like, and they were gone like within, you know, six months, nine months. Right. And I think like the beauty of this space and like, you look at collections like yours and, you know, people could, well, I remember this, you know, let's say earlier this year, people are coming to me and like, they're like, Brian, how the hell, are you wrapping around the hat fact that you're buying an NFT every day and holding them? Like, 
how does that like work? And I was like, well, first of all, I kind of have like a hoarder mentality and things I like already. Like I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. I, mean, I got Wheaties boxes behind me that are from 1980s and 1990s that I was like, they've never been worth anything, but I collect these damn Wheaties boxes with, you know, with sports teams I like on it. And so like the, weirdly enough, like when I tell people like the reason that the 365 buying an NFT every day made sense to me, it was like, it was already my natural, like my natural case is like, I love the idea of supporting great people and like ride or die, right? Like, and I'm not saying I don't flip some and I, and I don't see a, an exit out of some, but you know, I, I do say like, if I look at my collection, there are, I mean, I, I have a couple hundred that I minted August, September, October of last year that have literally just never been listed, you know, that I own. And I, I, I've talked about them, you know, here on the podcast. And I, I think of what you're building with Stoics, you know, I, I think the creativity uh, of the art and I'm curious, I'm not uh, an artist in that sense, although when this airs, I will have my first art drop uh, before this and then. So I got I got brought on yeah. to the uh, as a as a curator. Nifty Gateway put me on as one of the fifty curators, and I was one of the only like non I would say traditional artists. But I've been uh, heads down in AI art for about three months now, and uh, and I finally decided to launch. It, it, it happened Friday, um, and it, I mean I, I tell you, I, I I speak in front of twenty thousand people, not nervous. Uh, the anticipation for this art to be put out, my stomach literally, I didn't sleep but about an hour and a half last night and I still have two nights before the art comes out because, uh, you know, like there is just something beautiful about like being able to tell the story and, and putting things out there. And, um, and I'll say like, I'm inspired by, you know, the artists that are, have been showing up that building community because, you know, we were building an NFT project last August. And when we went to, to NFT NYC, Drew, uh, you know, we were, we were like, do we drop a project? Or do we do a daily podcast? And many will say, and I, I, I won't, I, I'd be lying if I didn't look back at me like a couple times this month, this year go, shit, I probably should have dropped that NFT project back in, uh, you know, November, but we chose, you know, NFT project. And it was one simple reason. I just said, I don't think the web three audience that we've, that I've built trust me enough yet to come on this journey. And I was like, if I show up every damn day for six months or for a year, I mean, I don't have to say, trust me, I'm going to, I'm not going anywhere. I got a, a, you know, a book of work that, that is proving it. And that's kind of where we, that's kind of like how we brought it till, um, till today. But I will say like watching some, you know, great innovation, community building, you know, and, and I think there's another through point here, you know, with, with Sabit and his, you know, like, I love the, the love component, right. And yours being happiness and being a stoic, like that is what we need more of in this space more so than anything else. Like it's that, it's that bond around a common purpose that I think is so beautiful. I think I couldn't agree more. I, I also like, I had weird ideas about it. Cause I'm not different than you. Like, you know, there's part of me that's like, I mean, this project, if I had released it a year ago, would have made four or five X by now. Yep. But in the very same token, most of those things have had their pump and then their dump now. So I had a weird theory early on and like, people literally called me crazy, but I was like, I want to release it at the barest of bear market time so that where it literally can only, it looks like what I, what I'm trying to have is the slow, like it's going to go like this, but I want it to go up, but like slow and steady with, as people unlock what this really means is where I want them in. Whereas if I tell them everything or we launched it at the time where it's just so frothy. It like has that quick trajectory up, but like I can't think of almost any project that hasn't had this 
crushed down. And if my, I easily can be wrong here. So just to be clear, this is all guesswork, but my hypothesis was, is like, uh, let's drop this at the barest of bear market and then let it be one of the ones that makes it through that. And then once we get back to frothy times, then it goes bananas. And it's like, people see that it kind of just had that trajectory. I could be wrong. It, it might have been your point. I like, I might have been like, I should have maybe just cashed out last year at the height of my popularity and the height of popularity of NFTs. But I, I truly want to be here making art within NFTs for the, for the rest of my life and career. So I just took the long view of like, if I have a project that doesn't look like a pump and dump that like slowly unlocks, like that will be the thing that makes it so that like I get to do this forever, which is the goal. Amen. I mean, and I think that's the, you know, I took the same uh, approach and I, it was like, you know what, I, I don't want to go anywhere else. And I, you know, there, there, there's something beautiful about that feeling that it feels like web three was made for us. Right. And for, for anyone that is listening to this, then you haven't had that feeling yet. Think about the different, like, this is where I like, we need you, right? Like for those that are listening and haven't had that feeling because we, there are so many roles and so many things in this space that we need people to come into and, and figure out, you know, what does their expertise matter? How does their things kind of you know play in this space? And, you know, for those of us that have that feeling, I mean, there's nothing else I want to do for the rest of my life. Like I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, I did 10 years in cybersecurity for the Department of Defense, random as all hell, right? Then became a, a professional speaker uh, and was focused on like the harmony between technology and humanity. And like I talk about I'm an ADHD and neurodiversity advocate, right? And like the mental health side has always been a big piece. I mean, I, I ran one of the largest clubs in Clubhouse uh, on mental health. And, and so much of that, I was doing that because I cared and had no intentions of like, I didn't know there was a space that was going to be like, oh, we're going to pick all of those things and we're just going to put it into this this neat uh, bundle. So, I mean, Gabe, this has been a, a heck of a lot of fun, uh, you know, having the conversation. Um, I will say, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you, you did sell a, a collection on Avalanche. I'm curious, what was the difference between like, you know, or what was like, how was that experience different? Were a lot of the same collectors um, that you had on ETH the ones that bought on Avalanche. So give us a little bit of context on that. Almost zero. I think like three. I, I started my own Twitter account on it because it was very much an experiment. At NFT NYC, the recent one in uh, June, uh, I got approached by Avalanche. They're like, we'll handle all the marketing and all that. And that sounded great. Except as it came down to it, I was like, no, this won't work. Like, I'm going to have to do my marketing thing. So I went hard on avalanche twitter for a three weeks like made an account that got like has over four thousand followers now and like nice. um i it's a it's vastly 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 different i mean that was the most successful avalanche nft project in many months nice. like many months um I, one of these things also like if i known exactly what i was doing i probably would have been like no like <laughs> oh, I'm going to come in during the barest of bear market when there hasn't been a real successful launch in forever on this whole cryptocurrency, like the whole <laughs> cryptocurrency, not just like whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I got this. Like, like I mean, 
yeah, not maybe not the smartest thing, but it worked out. I mean, it sold out instantly. It's had a good run. It's a lot of it's drawings I did in those community organizing meetings for about 15 years or wow. 17 years. Like, so there's really old ones in there and they're just black and white drawings for the most part, some, some color, but it, it's literally just the sketches that I kind of did in these, in these uh, meetings. So it's personal. It's very, very different than the Stoics. It's really not about utility. It's really about art um, first and an art collection. Um, so kind of vastly different from the Stoics, but it, in some ways, like Stoics, I knew would have some success. I mean, I spent a year and a half on it. Yeah, I have a team, like, like met everyone. I've talked to literally countless people about this project for so long. Whereas, like, I almost got more out of the avalanche in the sense of, like, you know what I can do always in this space is adapt. And, like... I made 125,000 in 30 seconds on a platform that wow I, that like I that most people still on ETH don't know exists at all. Yeah. So like there's something that kind of scratched an itch. I think you get it from poker like maybe when you all of a sudden like, "Oh, I can play Omaha high low and these people really don't know what they're doing <laughs> at all." Like like, "Okay, let me start I'll adapt and start playing this new game instead of just Texas Hold'em because I can make crazy money here. Like, or, you know, it's just like adapting and find and finding new niches within it within the ecosystem. We talked earlier, you mentioned like how many different cryptocurrencies you brought an NFT for. I would say 99% of people probably know about Solana, Ethereum, and maybe Cardano. Like NFT, like, like, yep, Tezos, probably. Yeah, Tezos, yeah, man, they probably might. Tezos, yeah, but like, so you're talking like maybe they know about four different places. You've told me what, 48. We did 28. 28. Uh, well, actually, as of this recording, it'll be 31. Uh, but uh, yeah, 31. I mean, like, that's just impressive, but like, you're doing the deep research that no one, like, very few people are doing. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and I, I think it cut ties back a little bit to poker, right? Because, you know, there also is that idea of like, you know, when OpenSea changed the data on what the collections looked at, to me, that is like game, game set match, right? Because it's like, if what's presented to the average person changes, we can look at that and roll with it, right? Decide how, are, how is that going to change people's buying or selling behaviors, right? How are people going to look at, you know, because it's easy for us to talk about like Dune Analytics and IC tools and all these things that like the 1% of people are using, but we also have to like, take a step back. And you mentioned like, Adaptability. I mean, I, I I grew a really large team uh, in the cybersecurity space, and and everyone would come back. My team was very successful, and they I got interviewed a bunch. I'm like, what was your key? And I was like, I interviewed for one skill set: the ability to roll with the punches. I was like, every one of my questions were like, I'm going to send you to Kuwait to teach a class. The laptops are going to get hung up in customs. How the hell are you going to teach my five day class? Because if you don't. I have a five hundred thousand uh, dollar fee that will that the government will charge me if you don't deliver go and like that was i mean literally a real life scenario that that my team that i would put into the the play and like those that can like think outside that box and willing to adapt and recognize like maybe we could rent laptops or whatever that may be and and that's what this space is right i think a lot of this space is uh you know presenting you know there's definitely different opportunities different ways 
to look at it. And I mean, I love, you know, what you represent. I love this, you know, entire message. Um, I'll say, you know, as we kind of pull this together and I, you know, I appreciate the time, you know, the Stoics give us a little bit of like, you know, send us off a little bit like the, from a Stoics mindset, like what is, what does being a Stoic mean to you? And like, how, how can people kind of look at that and kind of uh, embrace that kind of mindset as we move forward? We touched on it a little bit before. For me, the biggest thing of stoicism is that you can, can you can't control what you can't control, but what you can control is kind of your mindset around it, which is to say like the quicker when something bad happens, you can either sit there and really dwell on it or dwell on the past, or you can make kind of the most strategic decisions in that moment. And almost every single time, you'll make better decisions if you aren't like freaking out about what just happened. Like there's almost never a time where it's like, I'll make my best decision from a p- place of panic and terror and by being sad about what happened. So it's like, I think for me with stoicism, for this space, for everything is like, and you talk about being a mental health advocate, I've just seen so many highs and lows where people are on like practically like NFT meth and are like, I'm an NFT God because I minted 20 bored apes to like, then the price goes down. It's like, I didn't sell at the top. I'm an idiot. Like, like the, the highs and lows are so strong. That was my experience with poker too. And that like, I just think that, the long-term view is like everything within 10 years is going to be a digital asset. We probably won't call it an NFT. Probably if you know a ton of people within this and are really going out of the way to be helpful and create value for people, the chances that you won't do extremely well, it might take 10 years, but the chances you won't do extremely well seem very low to me. Like I, I have like a line that people say a lot that I tweeted once. It's like, if you're reading this, it, or it's like, it, if you're reading this, you're early. If you're reading this in three years, you're still very early. Like, like I just think like it's worth being stoic. It's worth taking a little bit of a longer view on this. And like, those are the kind of people I surround myself with. They're the people that are still showing up at the NFT events, still showing up on Twitter spaces, still doing podcasts every day during bear markets or, you know, like I think that type of long-term view is needed. And so, yeah, stoicism is about long-term views and then, not kind of letting the market dictate your happiness when it comes to a project. And so it's like, no matter what, I want people to be having fun and finding use here. Oh, I love all of that, my friend. Uh, I can't wait to hang out in person uh, at an upcoming event. We'll definitely have to to hang for sure. And, you know, I, I take pride. I, I tell people, you know, like I spent all this time researching, you know, the NFT projects. And I, but I will put out there, I spend more time researching the guests that I've had on the podcast because to me, it's aligning with the great people, right? And my, it's my brand and my, you know, so much of what our whole team is building, but it, it's 
connecting with the great people. And, you know, I literally can go back and maybe there might be one or two people that are, that were, that I interviewed since November that aren't fully hundred percent active right now in the space or that want to go back. But of, you know, of the almost a hundred guests we've had, um, they're ones that I just love what, you know, we continue to build in. And Gabe, I love that you joined us today. You know, congrats. Uh, I, you know, I'm, excited. I'm gonna get that, my stoic back that I, that got yanked out of my wallet. And, uh, and I, there's, we have an eye on a, another two that, uh, actually, I, I was tweeting with someone this morning. They're like, "You're gonna wait till after you did an interview, and then you're gonna pick up." I'm like, "That's kind of how this works." So yeah, yeah. Why? That's the advantage. Why? Why? You should get some advantages for all the hard work you're putting in. So <laughs> you got to let. You got some alpha today. I don't know. I don't think I've shared the vision of some of the changing with the caterpillars yet that we're envisioning. Um, so I, I, I do think you got some alpha. You're worth it. Oh, I appreciate that, Gabe. And for all our listeners, you know, he did mention, uh, Gabe did mention events. You know, our sponsor is the Crypto Business Conference. And even if you can't go to Crypto Business Conference, they do have a, a, uh, you know, a digital package that you can, uh, you can get the online, um, you know, content. But I will just say for all those that are, you know, kind of questioning if they should go to an event or they should attend or if it's worth it. To me, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. If I didn't go to NFT NYC last November, there is no chance that this podcast even exists. If I didn't go to NFT NYC this year, uh, very recently, there is a whole slew of guests and people that I wouldn't have been able to to even get to know or, or build these uh, relationships with. So definitely check out uh, Crypto Business Conference happening on October 9th to 11th, socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT365. Uh, and I think, you know, Gabe, I think you left it on the right spot, right? I think... Uh, we can't allow the market to, to dictate our our happiness. And you know, there's a beautiful thing when you're diamond handing things. The floor price it just doesn't is never calculated in in what you care about, what your happiness is, or how your mental health is. Because there are numerous projects for me that I've never checked the floor price in the in the sense of caring about where it's at. Because you know, I know that you know not only is it worth being a part of, but there's a bigger picture here. And you know, uh, I'll, I will give a shout out. You know, Drew. Uh, you know, we are pre-show and Drew, you know, who helps me produce on the podcast, you know, he mentioned that him, you know, him and his uh, girlfriend, they have, you know, he, they just got the print put out they put above their, uh, above their fireplace. And I just love, like when you gave, you got to hear that and like watching your, like, like, it's such a, a cool pride thing, right? Like, like we get to sell NFTs online. Yes, you can buy and sell them. But to me, like the fact that your art will go above their fireplace, even if, you know, his girl doesn't like it at the moment or isn't wanted, wanted a family picture up there. Uh, like, that's what this is all about. Like, how cool is it that you're going to be I, a part of their lives? Like I that? mean, I know we were trying to wrap up, but I just had the coolest thing. Like my top collector, um, she a woman who owns a gallery in, in uh, Vietnam, but she buys a ton of my paintings. She she from Instagram saw a stoic and she last night reached out. And she was literally like, how much? Like she buys the paintings go for forty to sixty thousand dollars when I sell them to her, just so you have an understanding. Wow. She was like, How much is this? Like, if it had been a painting, I probably would have gotten forty to sixty thousand. And it was just like a rant, like not a rant, but it's like not even like a super rare uh by any means stoic. It's just like one of the stoics. And I was like, I tweeted about it last night, but I was practically in tears. I was like, we did the thing. We did the thing where we made the art that's actually beautiful for a PFP where someone would have bought this as a painting if it was a painting instead of a, like, a thing. And, like, that was, like, this aha moment. Like, I will say that last night, like, you would have seen – 
if you had seen what I got when I got that that text, like it was a very the smile was like was equivalent to the champagne bottle that morning. It was like like this NFT she would have paid for like if it was a painting would have paid so much money for and it just blew my mind. So uh yeah, just had to tell that story. No, I love I mean so congrats. Right. And like and you did it, right? And I think for anyone like let's celebrate more opportunities to like do that. Right. And, you know, and I think it's a beautiful thing. I, I loved seeing a lot of the photos that you were at uh, in real life event uh, the other day. And, and, you know, a lot of our, our shared network was there and um, like, you know, I was championing that. Like, I was retweeting it and then people were messaging me like, are you here at the event? I'm like, no, I'm just happy seeing people that I appreciate that are happy with other people I appreciate. Right. Like there's just something beautiful uh, about that. And uh, I don't think anyone can listen to this episode and, and and think in a bear mindset, right? We might be in a bear market, but there is definitely no reason to have to, you know, uh, be down and out. And there's ways to kind of, you know, find that happiness, embrace the stoicism. And uh, Gabe, it's been a, a, a great pleasure. So thanks for you for coming on. Uh, congrats for all the things. And yeah, I look forward to doing some more things together. So uh, awesome. yeah, and for all those that are listening, as always, you know, until tomorrow, uh, make it a great day, everybody. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, the show is over.